Do you want a mic check? Hello everyone, welcome to Wittenberg Radio. This is uh, the 19th of March, it's a Thursday, and we're happier with us. My name's Chris Glasson. Uh, Nolan, unfortunately, isn't with us today because he uh, was singing at a music festival, and now it's probably... The music festival. Sorry, the music festival. Th- that's what it's called? The music festival. It's the biggest one in Winnipeg. What's it, co- what's it actually called? The... I just know, always known as festival. <laughs> Well, Danielle might know the answer. Danielle Morton is here with us. Danielle, what's it called? I'm Daniel Friesen, by the way, just yes, to jump yes, in quickly. Yes, Daniel Friesen. In case that, you didn't that, know who I was That already. guy who didn't know the answer to my question was Daniel Friesen. Sadly, I do not also <sighs> okay. know the answer. No, one, no one's at festival. He'll be here next week or something. Um, and it's, it's kind of too bad that he isn't here because I have been really, really excited to uh, offer... A big congratulations live on the show to Nolan, Kaler, and Daniel Friesen, who double-handedly, sorry, quadruple-handedly, won the student council election, and for next year will be the two faces, voices, and sources of energy behind your very own Wittenberg Radio podcast, which is exciting for me because it's been my baby for so long. And now it will no longer be my baby. So let's have a round of applause. Chris, give it up for adoption. Nolan, Kaler, you know their voices. They're familiar to you. And only good things can come of this. Um, they we, they we went. We can only in, hope we can live yeah. up to the legacy you've left uh, for us. No, Chris. no, 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 no. That, 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 that's nothing. That's not what I was trying to say. Um, <laughs> this is so touching. It'll, it'll be great. Um, Advanced, advanced polls uh, showed them to be quite far ahead. Uh, I can there even... was that day where we trailed when, uh, well, for a bit. Well, that really didn't last long. I, Until I... the vote in bed hashtag came out. That's right. Was that the Yeah, vote in right bed. There? Vote in bed. That, that's what did it for Nolan, at least. I'm not sure about Dan, but Nolan, for sure, went on that. I had to do some image reconstruction <laughs> there to get a... Spent a fortune on a PR campaign. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I remember vividly one day Dan said, I dare anyone to run against us. <laughs> I did say that. <laughs> yeah, he did. That is the confidence that your Wittenberg Radio team is bringing to the table next year. And it's going to be amazing. So, good things in store coming through the airwaves at you next year from Daniel Friesen and Nolan Kaler. Confidence is yeah. 80% of it, isn't it? Yeah, yep, absolutely. Maybe even higher. Maybe higher. <laughs> poise. What's that Seinfeld episode where Kramer like is talking about how poise is the only thing that's really important when... I vaguely remember that. Oral de- in, in oral delivery, you just got to have poise. Poise. Yep. Yeah. Which we are not lacking on this <coughs> show. Apparently not. Today, at least, caught us on a good day. Um... Yeah, so as I said, Danielle Morton's here. Uh, one interesting thing I happen to know about Danielle is that she uh, was a chorister in the opera recently. Uh, I'm curious about how fun that was. If you could fill me in, that would be great. Uh, it was pretty great. We got to beat up Matthew Barron uh, wearing a fat what? suit, so we had a little bit of cushion. Uh, <laughs> Enough to not actually be beat up? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just, you know, kind of, 
I'm for sure he felt them more as love taps than poor, anything, poor, you know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, is this not a romance? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was actually, he was like the seducer of the opera, so, Whoa. you know. Of every woman in the opera. Pretty so, much, yeah. Sounds like a pretty easy job if he already had love taps coming out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He really went in, you know, on top there, but... Uh, <laughs> No, it was great. We got to, like, hang out with some pretty cool people. Um, spent a lot of time in, like, the dungeon of the Laudod. So that was... That's Is that under the stage new, or deeper yeah. than that? It's under the stage. Okay. Under the stage. So, uh, you know, What's whitewashed like walls. There? It's a little bit cold. Mm. It's... Um, you, you kind of feel like you're maybe in, like, a barrack of sorts or, or a bomb shelter. So are there, like, things to sit on? Chairs. There's Can a few chairs. Up? Yeah. You can you Completely? can stand fully, yes, okay. yeah, no, no like bent over okay. situation. Because that would be kind of funny to see like every actor come onto the stage after like waiting on <laughs> the stage, and like every entrance just has like an arch on the back. Everyone has to go to a chiropractor every show. We've got a chiropractor down there too. Straightens people out before setting them up. That would be great. Yeah. The like backstretch on the sketchy stairs up. That would be, Ooh, yeah. I think it was key, really. Interesting. No, it was a lot of fun. Cool, good. I'm glad. So I now you have an abundance of free time. Only good that's things. done. Only free time. You're just sitting around to frolic what to in do. the sunshine. Yeah, because we now have sunshine. So much of without it. Without snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. The birds on your shirt are yep. alive and well. And, and there and... are geese outside. Spring has yeah. sprung, friends. How does that make everyone feel? It's, it's always uh, unique, like the the amount of euphoria you get yeah for the first like, few weeks it happens every year just like we but we're never prepared it. but we're never prepared <laughs> the purest and, and most glorious high mm-hmm. yes it's I like love spring suddenly my body is like oh oh the world around me it's it's warm sometimes yeah totally um and for there to not be snow on the ground yeah i actually i feel as though when it gets nice out though and there's like the long list of to-dos for school. Oh, man. That the it weather so is just harder. seducing you outside and you just, you know, it It takes so much yeah. willpower to that stay is the with temptation. the temptation. I've managed to uh, have the best of both worlds by doing my readings as soon as I get home every day on my deck oh, while it's still man. hot and sunny out. That's great. That's a really great idea. I think the Marpac should have changed some of those windows into like garage doors that <laughs> opened. <laughs> And therefore kind of Lift had, like, a patio Let section. Yeah. Hey. The geese would have loved folio. Yeah. That'll be for the next five million we invest in. Like, <laughs> Good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Upgrade. Two years. Upgrade. <laughs> um, one thing I did outside uh, the other night uh, was watch the Northern Lights. Did you guys catch those? No. I heard about them, but I yeah. did not catch them. Yeah. Um, someone, uh, I saw on social media that someone had, or, like, was currently watching them so i looked out the window and actually saw them from my window and then went outside and walked to the park at the end of the block to get away from a bit of the light pollution and they were bright they were moving quickly they were green um it was fascinating they're supposed to be good like all this week yeah so was there pink was there any pink there was no pink there it was just green just green like a bright neon green at times like less bright and and (laughs) also at times uh so like so dull to the point that it was hard to distinguish um the northern lights from the city lights but um there were times when it was unmistakable it was really cool yeah that's so i saw some a few weeks ago okay at the 
the Denim Dome party mm-hmm. on the river. Yeah, that's right. And that was the first time I'd ever seen them in the city, and I didn't. Yeah. I didn't realize that that was a thing that could yeah. happen because, like, yeah. growing up in the country, it's like, oh, that's normal. That's, of course, you could see them out here, but I just yeah. assumed that you wouldn't be able to see them in the city. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess they would just have to be extra bright and extra high in the sky in order to have them like get through the light pollution. The magnetic fields, especially magnetic. Yeah. This time of year. Uh, so they say. Solar flare, apparently. That's what that's, that's what, what did it. it. A solar flare, which apparently has a potential to somehow um, mess like, up the GPS, mess up the mess up our like electrical grid system. So says the internet. So stockpile your <laughs> stockpile your canned goods. Get your shotgun. Get your bottle of water. Y2K is coming. Get it's your bottle. Yep. It was yep. 15 years late, but better late than never. It's, you know. It sounds to me like the dungeon under the stage of the lot odd would be a good place. Oh, for sure. Or the actual bomb shelter on North Campus. Oh, yeah, I guess there's that, too. Well, if if there are too many... It's the big hill by the golf course. Mm -hmm. (gasps) You know what? I bet that place is already stocked with bottled water and canned tuna. Shell pulse. Good to go. (laughs) Planning ahead. (laughs) Sustainability strategy? Check. Mennonites of the province are like all of them. <laughs> all member congregations. Please report um, to the report Canadian to Mennonite University. Your ten most Ka-kong, valuable Ka-kong. delegates. <laughs> five male and five female. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we need gender balance. Don't worry if they're related, they will be anyways. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. And this is what happens when we sit down and make a podcast. It's a beautiful thing. The magic of Wittenberg Radio. Well, shall we move on to the big thing for this I week? I guess so. The main thing. Wow. The, main, the main big thing. Um, Danielle, as you can tell, is a fantastic person to have on as a guest for uh, making pleasant, entertaining conversation, uh, cracking jokes, and just like carrying the flow of, of, of the energy in the show, but we had her on for another reason. Um, some of you may remember a few weeks back, there was an event as part of CMU's face-to-face series uh, that was facilitated both by Irma Fastuick and Peter Duick, I believe, last name? Ep. Peter Epp, sorry Peter, uh, who's a master's student here, uh, on the topic of Young people leaving the church. Now, um, I will read you the little tagline that was sent along with the promo material for the event, just so you can get a little bit of a sense of the context. And then we'll jump into a bit of a discussion, because Danielle was one of the panelists at the event. So, um, we're not going to recap it, but we're going to talk about other things, and that's important. So here we go. Many young Canadians have stepped away from institutionalized religion, a trend that has been growing for the past 25 years. Is the church not listening, or do young adults no longer care? Has the church lost touch with the issues about which young adults are most passionate? How significant is the church's worship to the participation and involvement of young adults? Do young adults feel any responsibility in keeping the legacy of the church going? What does it mean to keep, sorry, what does it mean for the church to be faithful in this time and place? I was hoping to get through that whole paragraph without having to repeat any words, but I got to the last sentence. Anyway, 
<laughs> so it was with that sentiment that this face-to-face conversation kicked off. Uh, Danielle, as I said, sat on the panel and was introduced um, <clears throat> by Irma as a cradle Anglican, which I assume is just like a figure of speech that means that you grew up in the Anglican Church. It is, yes. And, um, <laughs> and, and I don't mean to um, give away your deep personal secrets, hopes, and dreams, but it was said at the event that you are entertaining at least the idea of uh, pursuing a life in the Anglican priesthood. Yes. Which is an exciting thing. Indeed. And so, those two things, I guess, um, make you someone who's credible to sit on such a panel. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Uh, but, but like to ask that question more seriously, um, how was the experience for you? Uh, what was it like to prepare? Was it valuable? Was it a valuable thing to think about? Was it something you'd thought about lots before? Um, was it a challenging experience? Um, yeah. How did sitting on the panel affect you? Uh, that's a great question. I guess to start, Irma, Irma asked, uh, they were looking for kind of a, a spectrum of young adults mm-hmm. and they thought that I would be a good candidate to fill the liturgical uh, area of the spectrum as a cradle Anglican, I suppose. Um, and is that like a commonly used phrase or is that just something is. she made up? Yeah, oh, no. interesting. I think it also grows out of the fact that Anglicans do child baptism. Oh. So when you're in the cradle, you know, you're actually baptized into the church as well. Okay. Great. Yeah. Okay. But you don't hear it as much like cradle Catholics, although yeah, also as no. catchy, but... Okay. This makes sense to me yeah. now. Yeah. Great. Um, anyways, and so Irma approached me and I... I her classic that I would think about it mm-hmm. uh, you know you don't and then you didn't get back quick. to her and then she had to ask you again <laughs> I know she waited three days you know <laughs> the point system she talked to me last did I talk to her last oh gosh whose court is fallen uh no we after you know a brief period of courting between her and I like. we uh, I you know she we talked about it and her and Peter were really just looking for for some conversation between young adults who were who had potentially grown up in the church or had at least at this point declared a presence and a commitment to mm-hmm. a, a, a church of sorts and so you know we got the questions beforehand but i think the most interesting thing was we us panelists met with irma and peter before about an hour and we all just kind of talked about our lives and our interests and our commitments to church and it was really interesting to talk with other people who were clearly on different parts of the spectrum Mm -hmm. as Irma and Peter had worked at doing, but who were also fairly invested in and and could see a number of problems. But, and I mean, there was um, an individual, his name is escaping me at this point, who who at this point, uh, he was raised in the Mennonite church and at this point is an atheist. Hmm. Um, Lucas. Thank you, Lucas. Yeah, yes. I, I, Lucas. I, I watched the video. Thank so I, he, he was introduced to me just this morning. Okay. Yes. Uh, very. <laughs> Electronically, of course. Electronically. It's beautiful. Beauty of YouTube. Um, and, and so he obviously brought a very interesting color to our conversations as somebody who cared very much about the church and had a lot of, it had had a lot of influence on him, but who was kind of choosing a different path than what the rest of us, I guess, in that situation mm-hmm. were. So Which it, probably added an interesting dynamic in that 
his non-involvement with the church uh, didn't indicate a, a lack of care for the church. Exactly. No, he, he, and he made that very clear, I think, a number of times. It, it was something that he had appreciated and that he still finds himself somewhat involved in, but that he doesn't mm-hmm. practice in it. Which pro- pro- probably adds an entirely new element to the conversation because um, I, I would imagine that that's not a sentiment that is assumed of people who have left the church. No, I don't think that that gray area is entertained very often. I yeah. think it's very black and white in that But in, in reality, would it not be fairly common? Could it be? I guess. I guess it depends what the reason yeah. is that they Yeah, leave. no, absolutely. And I think that's probably something you had to be careful of mm-hmm. is drawing generalizations that were too broadly sweeping to really be effective or For practical sure. at all. Okay. Sure. Um, so there are questions, panel discussion, questions from the audience, conversation with the audience. Um, was it an effective discussion? Like, like come the end of the event, uh, did you feel that the audience left having learned something that they had been given the opportunity to think critically that the panelists had learned something were there, were there things that you felt were left unanswered were there uh, discussions that you felt either needed to be had or should have been had or should now be had as a result of what happened there that night yes <laughs> to wow. all of the above okay. I guess wow. um, although I suppose I think the the nature of the face-to-face events is that people don't go away with a certain answer or a specific right a specific answer that yeah the, 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 I guess the point of them is not like this is how you should think because yeah this is what I think that it's more of a kind of a door into yeah. the conversation that yeah. continues uh, and so that's I think just one interesting thing about the face-to-face events in general but I think mm, I think the conversation was good um. Was anything left unanswered? Right. I think there was a lot left unanswered. I think one thing that was the conversation kind of came to in the face-to-face was that um, it's not only a young adult issue of people leaving the church. It's, it's people of all ages that are leaving the church. And so I think that that would, you know, maybe there would be like a face-to-face part two or something, mm-hmm. you know, like why are middle-aged people leaving the church and then yeah. why are seniors leaving the church? And why are females between the age of 27 yes. and 35 leaving the church? <laughs> yes, I'm sure you could do any kind of demographic of sorts. Yeah. Um, and so I, but I think that that would have been interesting to discuss more. Yeah. I think, um, do you think the answers to the questions would be similar across demographics? Because one thing that I noticed uh, in watching the video of the event this morning was that uh, Harrison Davey, who was another one of the panelists, pointed out that that placing blame or figuring out who is at fault is really not a helpful part of this conversation because um, it's not like it's not like people leaving the church, whether they're young or old or whatever, is like uh, a disobedient child that makes a decision based on, on something, on, on whether they're misinformed or whether they just don't think rationally because they're not old enough or whatever. These are groups of adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure, they may have, uh, they may be older or younger than one another, but these are still groups of adults um, that uh, need to communicate with one another and work together. And so... Um, is is the young adult group any different from the middle aged group? Any different from the seniors group? And uh, like, like, yeah. 
is, is it helpful to focus this conversation just on young adults or, or is it uh, an, an unhelpful distinction? I mean, I think, I think that the answer might be quite similar between ages, okay. but I think that we might find different excuses. So whereas a middle-aged person might be able to say that, oh, they're not coming to church anymore because they their kids schedule is too much and you know they've got hockey and and ballet lessons on Sundays Mm -hmm. or or the whole weekend and week is taken up by other things and so Sundays you know the day that we're just we're just going to do some family time yeah um or or work is so busy or whatever I think I think young adults often find maybe a different reason to kind of excuse their absence or um but maybe not actually get to the root of of why they aren't going Mm -hmm. um and and so i think that that was even just good to have this face to face to to realize that um the reason that maybe i well i guess that's not okay the reason that somebody might not want to be going to church anymore might be actually the exact same reason that the person sitting beside them isn't going to church anymore but i think that as young adults we often find it hard to discuss our mm-hmm. faith in a lot of groups, um, let alone our choices for organized religion. And so just even the opportunity to kind of open up that discussion of like, you're not alone, we're not alone, we all have struggles and issues and problems with the church, uh, the institution of the church, and kind of, I think, even just a that springboard to like what could we do to make that different Mm -hmm. and so therefore not not placing the blame on anyone but kind of joining together in our discomfort or our like if we understand ourselves to be a community then what are our appropriate next steps yeah but what but here's the thing um why is this something that is being talked about like is how can I phrase this? Why does this matter? Now, it's kind of crass, and it's a little bit of like a devil's advocate question, um, as we've talked about before. But like, if young people or a younger generation, from this conversation at least, aren't finding God in community, in church, in organized religion, and choose to find that fulfillment, or however you want to phrase it, elsewhere... Um, what concern is that of the church? Like, is, 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 it simply, is it simply an evangelical point of view that we um, care, care so much about these people who no longer see the world the same way as us, that we want them to, to, again, come to see the world the same way as us? Or is it deeper than that? Yeah. That... Please specifically Sorry. answer this big Yeah, question. answer this big question. <laughs> I mean, I think it's also maybe a little humorous of us to think that this or, is Or, or is that time. even bad? Yeah. But yeah, no, that's, that's true too. Because I think that a lot of people in the 60s and 70s would have been having this question as well of, you know, why or earlier, maybe a bit earlier than that, you know, people, young adults are seeking fulfillment in, in group settings outside of the church, but maybe aren't seeking it as much in the church. And, Mm -hmm. and so I think it's almost cute that we think that this is the first time we're experiencing this problem. Um, It's a big problem. problem. The sky is falling. Exactly. The sky is falling. (laughs) Chicken little run. Yeah. Um, But I think that, 
I'm, I mean, I think a lot of it probably comes back to insecurities. Um, do the people who are committed to the church and maybe particularly of the older generations feel that they have not been able to offer the younger generation something? Do they feel that they have somehow become not good enough for their mm-hmm. kids, their grandchildren? Yeah. Um, I think that it points to a lot of our human flaws in, okay. in seeing the church as an institution, but not as a body of Christ. Yeah. Because I wouldn't necessarily say that a lot of people who, um, who have left church have left Christianity. Or even left a uh, communal expression of faith. Exactly. So is, is it in some cases then perhaps an issue of the institutionalized church failing to allow itself to evolve like, like in, in accordance with the ways that God is moving among his people and the ways that, that people um, need or make space in their lives for his presence? Is the church stuck? Are churches stuck? I think, Can churches sometimes I think be stuck? Yes. A, a, I, yes, I would say. Kay. A lot of people would, would feel that way. Um, I think it's also, like, that question in itself is interesting because if we look at the early church, if we look at Jesus, yeah. he was considered quite radical. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if people would use radical as a term for the church in the 21st century. No, for sure not. And so, you know, I think in that way, then we have come stuck. We've kind of become like a weight on society almost yeah. as it kind of drags us along instead of instead of maybe being the ones to, you know, like entice society to move in different directions. Right, right. Which, I mean, opens up a bajillion can of worms of like maybe what problems the church isn't dealing with in regards to any number of mm-hmm. instances like same-sex marriage in the church, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, where as society has definitely been grappling with these and, and moving in different directions, often the church has turned a blind eye or has decided to postpone it or, mm-hmm. or has taken what a lot of people would, would see as too long to decide. Right. And, and I'm, I'm particularly interested in, in, in your perspective, Danielle, because um, the Anglican Church, which you are familiar with, mm-hmm. um, uh, at least insofar as my limited understanding tells me, um, holds fast to tradition in a different way from Mennonite churches. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think it's wrong to say that Mennonite churches don't hold fast to tradition. Um, but they do so in a way that is different from the Anglican Church, um, which which is partly, I think, the reason you were invited to join this panel, because of your familiarity with uh, liturgical worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so your, your perspective on the church's evolution or, or growth or change over time in conversation with a commitment to... Um, tradition can we say mm-hmm. uh, m- m- might be a helpful thing to think about in conversation with a Mennonite understanding of the same thing in conversation right. with a different kind of understanding of holding fast to tradition right so um, would you say that uh, an Anglican understanding of 
change over time in the church is um, helpful, would be helpful to another tradition? Another big question. Sorry, we're totally going off book here. That's okay. Thank you for riding with me. This is fun. (laughs) Um, I I mean, it's kind of just even the the sentence an Anglican understanding of change because uh, I think a lot of Anglicans uh, we see the, the Anglican church and particularly the history of the Anglican churches as kind of fence sitters um, okay. a lot of times I think we see ourselves as a bit of a, a bridge between mm-hmm. um, between like Catholicism um, and and the Roman Catholic Church, um, and more like broader contemporary evangelicals, yes, and whatever, yeah. Um, in that we we share a lot of energy liturgy with the Catholic Church, but and we, energy, yeah, and energy without the L, if you want. <laughs> um, but we have it's kind of grabbed different forms of worship. I would say, yeah. you know, from Mennonite, um, Presbyterian, et cetera, et cetera. However, it also stands very firmly in its own tradition and the uh, in the liturgy mm-hmm. uh, that it has created. But I think that within it, there are, there are definite communities that pop up that share very similar liturgies um, with the Anglican Church or the Church of England or the um, Episcopalian Church, wherever you are, that are are changing and evolving one would be the iona community Mm -hmm. uh, releases tons of resources and if you look at it at the heart of it are liturgies that are are very very closely tied to the church of england um and i mean also the the church of scotland the presbyterian church um but that are willing to change and evolve Mm -hmm. and so i think that i don't know if i could say that the anglican understanding of change yeah uh, um, on, on my part that was definitely a much too broadly sweeping generalization no no but. that's okay um but i think that i think maybe what would be beneficial is if we all kind of pulled our heads out of our denominational mm-hmm. whatever we want to say hats yes <laughs> thank you helmets helmets <laughs> I don't know. Masks? <laughs> Blindfolds? <laughs> Who really knows? <laughs> and, uh, I'm envisioning like garbage cans <laughs> upturned over our heads. It's like, people with like Anglican Mennonite written on top of them. Yeah. I mean, you could put faces of like historical figures from those denominations. <laughs> Dibs Rowan Williams. Uh, so- <laughs> <laughs> Rats. That's what I wanted. But I think that I think it might even be more beneficial if instead of thinking denominationally, we thought com- in looking at different communities mm-hmm. in particular. I know. I mean, I I have been attending Saint Ben Saint Benedict's table mm-hmm. in the city, and I think that that's one that a lot of a lot of young adults have have kind of seen as as being willing to to mold and evolve. Um, the service while while incorporating a lot of tradition and a lot of liturgy and uh, those things that you know cradle Anglicans hold onto, but that they're also willing to see. You know, you can you can let go of some things if there's gain elsewhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and and I don't want to go so far as to say that Saint Benedict's Table has this whole thing figured out, no, but it's, oh gosh, but it's no. sounding to me that that 
that that sentiment that you're expressing is part of part of a key moving forward mm-hmm. in that a, a balance needs to be struck somehow between holding to tradition and allowing ourselves to move forward as a as a holistic community that doesn't like separate ourselves into demographic groups that ask questions about one another yeah just my two cents which is weird because i'm the one asking you the questions sorry no um roll reverse i should put my proper uh, garbage can back on um get back in there done <laughs> i think also though another important question would be for churches to not just be asking why are young adults leaving but why do we do what we do mm-hmm. because if we do what we do solely for tradition then maybe it's time that we peeked out of the garbage can a little bit if we're gonna roll yeah. with that metaphor let's do it <laughs> yeah just lift that lid ever so slightly yeah oscar you know kind of just <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. helpful helpful i think um anything else you want to leave with us from that day um i think one thing you ask you know how did i feel about it or or what did the closing of it Mm -hmm. kind of ring um and it was interesting talking with some of my peers uh because this face-to-face really pulled out a lot of young adults which i thought yeah i saw that a very interesting um situation anyways when you look at kind of maybe the student turnout at other face-to-faces um and so I think in that regard, that was quite encouraging for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. To see that there were so many of these young adults who were supposedly leaving the churches uh, that really did care. Um, and that there are young adults still present and, mm-hmm. uh, and wanting, to, wanting to be present. But, um, but that I guess I, I felt like a bit of a sense of um, unfulfillment on my part because... I didn't think that I offered anything really that spectacular in the sense that none of my peers would go away thinking like, oh, that was such a great face-to-face of what mm-hmm. the panel said. But I think that that was also the beauty of the face-to-face is though it was about young adults, it was really for the older community to see that there were young adults present and who cared and who were there with them in this in what they see as a struggle of declining attendance in churches and things okay. like that interesting okay well thank you thank you guys this has been helpful and i hope helpful for you too uh we appreciate your listening um and your time danielle and your time daniel congrats again on the big win Thanks. um yeah, yeah, seriously <laughs> took a lot of my skill and yeah. all my cunning um a lot of time campaigning it's true yeah as we said before, uh, opera's over, so there really can't possibly be much that you listeners are doing with your time these days. Uh, so we wish you all the best in your leisure. We uh, remind go you to, to all make the recitals next week. Wise choices. Go to recitals. Um, get some sun. Get some sun. And uh, while you're at it, while you're out there in the sun, bring your laptop. Mm-hmm. Go to mm-hmm. wittenbergradio.com. That's where you can find us. Email us your feedback. Yeah. Wittenbergradio at gmail.com. Yes, please. And subscribe to us on iTunes. You can do it right on your phone through the podcast app. Or your tablet, or your desktop, or your laptop, or any other device. Any uh, any podcatching app, you can subscribe to us. It'll get pushed right to your phone or device. Podcatcher. Yeah. Pod, yeah. Is that, a, is that a new slang 
That's an old. That's like a. That's like almost a decade old term now. Really? Podcasting's back now. It went away, but now it's back. So, flip open your podcatcher and listen to us. Okay. Uh, have a great week, everybody. We love you very much, and we'll see you again soon. See ya. Wittenberg Radio is a production of CMU Student Council. The views and opinions expressed by hosts and guests are not necessarily those of CMU Student Council.